Jay, thanks for joining me, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, who's who's Jason Faruja? Just quickly recap. What do you what do you do with yourself, Jay? Where did you start? Yeah, I started. Um, you know, just just quick backstory. As a kid, I was skinny, weak, insecure, shy, all that stuff, and um, not the greatest athlete. So, but I was obsessed with like larger than life people, like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Hulk Hogan and kind of people like that. So um, I got into training when I was 12 or 13 years old and did that for, uh, but so by the time I graduated high school, I've been training for five years and I was six feet tall and 147 pounds. So it wasn't going that well. So I had to kind of dig a little deeper and kind of figure it out a little bit more and then just make it my, my focus. So I studied that in school, you know, started interning in the weight room, just became obsessed with it. Um, by 19, uh, I decided that I wanted to make a career of it. So I started training people and business just for whatever reason, business just kind of took off, even though I didn't know a ton about training or business, business took off and I was able to save up a bunch of money and start one of the original kind of underground hardcore box warehouse style gyms. And then I started training athletes about two years into when I got my first athlete then I started training those guys in groups. So back then, there was really no such thing as group training. It was all – I mean, you could go take classes. There was probably still, like, you know, aerobics classes and things like that back in those days in the, in the 90s. But there was really no small group, like, you know, four to six or 12 people kind of training, which is so commonplace now. So I, I kind of started doing that with my athletes, with groups of four and then groups of six and then eventually groups of 12. And I remember even, even a lot of big name uh, strength and conditioning coaches and trainers that people would know now, they came to me and said, how are you doing that? I was like, man, you can't, you're not going to make money. It's not going to be effective. And especially the athletes, the high school and college kids would rather train in groups. So I influenced a lot of those guys to start group training and stuff like that. And then, you know, eventually I just, there was no such thing as blog, but uh, Alan Cosgrove, a good friend and colleague of mine since 1996, was like, man, a lot of the stuff you talk about and discuss nobody else talks about why don't you start writing so i started a website in 2001 and that kind of caught on for whatever reason like wildfire and then i started getting into uh every every big training website uh eventually all the magazines i had my own column in men's fitness i was writing for men's health uh muscle and fitness uh maximum fitness all these magazines that i got a book deal with penguin um started selling my own self-published stuff in 2003, long before people were like putting out books and training and stuff online. And then, um, then I kind of slowly transitioned where the online stuff was going so well that I had the gym for 15 years, but I slowly transitioned to more and more online stuff, you know, doing more events. And, uh, you know, fast forward to, to now, I've been doing this 25 years and uh, I don't have a gym anymore, but I still have, kind of, you know, I have, um, Podcasts we've been doing for five or six years, events, coaching, uh, stuff like that. It's kind of the whole thing in a, in a quick little nutshell. Awesome. And, and so what kind of took you from that one-on-one training model to the group training, just going back to that? So it was, it was uh, my, my first athlete was Mike Schwab, and that was in 1996. And so all these years later, Mike is still a good friend of mine. He's still like a little brother to me. You know, I mean, Mike's got to be uh, – what is he? He was, he was 12 or 13 when we started. So whatever the math is on that, he's 30 something now, um, mid late, late thirties. And, um, Mike started training. I was like, man, this is really what I want to do. I wanted to train athletes. It was, I was having so much fun. And within just a month or so, he was loving it. He was getting great results. So he referred me to his friend, Chris, 
then they referred me to somebody else. And then those guys were getting good. They, they were, um, you know, setting rushing records. And, and, and they were top wrestlers, top wrestlers in the state. So they referred me a bunch of other guys. And all the guys were like, I want to train together. So I didn't have any, like, it wasn't like a, a stroke of genius or whatever. I was like, well, I'll just cut the regular hourly adult rate in half. Because I knew their, their parents were really well off. And I knew that this is fun. Training them in three groups of three is way more fun than one. I want to get more like this. And I know that all the parents aren't going to be able to afford 50 bucks an hour, which is what I was charging at the time. And they were coming four days a week. You know, so that was 800 bucks a month. So I was like, well, let me cut it in half and knock 50 bucks off. And so all of a sudden, it was just 350 a month for athletes to come train. And within two years, I had, I think it was, I think we had like 50 kids coming in. Then it eventually was up to like 80 kids coming in after school. Wow. Uh, you know, the, the boss would drop them off at three and then four and then five and then six. And then my, 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 col- my college guy, my high school guys would go on to play in college and they would refer me guys. My college guys would go on to pay, play pro and they would refer me guys. So then it just became like all, all day, every day for the next, you know, dozen years or so. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Even when you mentioned the blog, because I even heard from Joe DeFranco, he got Triple H from reading his blogs. He kind of built yeah. him over the years. That must have been such a big thing. It's crazy sometimes when you, when you hear the people that are reading your stuff or listening to your stuff. Like, I was blown away when Kurt Warner, who's a Super Bowl MVP and an NFL MVP, emailed and is like, oh, I read your stuff. And I said to my assistant, I was like, nah, what? And she was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, but it must be another Kurt Warner, like a third string tackle for the Browns or something. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin was uh, hitting me up and tweeting me. And, you know, he was reading all my stuff and everything. It was like, you just never know. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Now, man, I'm a big, like, I love your content, bro. Even back yeah. in San Diego when, um, mate, I was spewing. I was on the end of that table when we were at dinner with Jason. <laughs> um, but, um, man, just going back, I know you're big on communication. And, and your speech over there was crazy, man, the way you spoke and, the way you've kind of changed yourself and being very introverted to where you're at now. Um, mate, what made you change? So from the gym business, what made you transition out of it and transition into the whole speaking scene? And yeah, what made that change? Was there a certain point that made you kind of change or? I just, you know, it was, um, it was a bunch of things. It wasn't one thing. It was just like, I, I kind of had this awareness that I, I always knew I was shy and introverted, but I was able to, after a number of years, develop enough confidence and communication ability in the weight room, like in my small 1000 square foot weight room, it's my place. I'm running it. I'm controlling the music. So I was good. I wasn't great. I wasn't super confident, but I was able to kind of, you know, do a good enough job that we had a great business. But then when I would get out of there, if I would go to dinner with, you know, more than six people, especially if there was people I didn't know, I would just clam up and I was shy and meeting people I was terrible at. And a lot of times I would go home from, you know, a 12 or 15 hour day at the gym. And I was like, you know, really, as much as I, I have a great relationship with all these guys at the gym on the weekends, who am I really hanging out with? Like, who can I really go to? It's just really work. I mean, and I still just knew like, I don't know what it was that made me realize, but this is just a false narrative in my head. I don't have to always be shy and introverted and quiet just because that's the way it always was. And I would just start to look around and notice other people who were great at doing that and how much better their life seemed to be. 
how much better their relationships were and the bigger impact they had and, and people were bummed out if they weren't around, you know? So I was like, man, I would love to do that. And so I just kind of, I, I just immersed myself, you know, reading a lot of books about it and taking classes and taking improv classes and stand up and public speaking and, and just observing people who were really good at it and pushing myself. And every time you, you know, you, you falter at the beginning and then I'll be like, ah, you know, like I tried public speaking in 2007 and I was terrible. And I was like, okay, well, I proved myself right. I can't do this. And then I kind of defaulted into my old bullshit beliefs again for a few years. But then I was like, nah, I really got to push. I really got to do this. And, uh, and also what it was too is like we, nine years ago, we moved to Cali. So we moved 3,000 miles across the country because I was starting to have those thoughts. But I was like, I don't think I'm strong enough to do that here I need to relocate somewhere. I need to give myself a chance to reinvent. And some people might be able to, but I was like, I need to get away from all this. Like environments, triggering behaviors, people know me a certain way. Let me give myself a chance to go reinvent myself. And then it was kind of like, man, I, you know, I, I gained, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 pounds, something like that. I went from 147 up into the 220s. But as much as that improved a lot of things for me, my confidence was better. I still had a lot of stuff to work on, you know, and and I just realized a lot of the ways I was living, I wasn't happy with, I wasn't fulfilled. So immersing myself in a, you know, deep dive journey for five to seven years on that really paid huge dividends. And, and, uh, and that's, that's why I love sharing a lot of that stuff. Now, I mean, I still love training, obviously, but I love, you know, talking about just more than that too. Definitely, man. It would have been hard because you're kind of, you're kind of the fitness guy, you know, the strength and conditioning guy. What was it like stepping out of the gym, closing down and transitioning into online? Um, well, I, I couldn't spend, I spent 36 winters in, Jer in Jersey. I just didn't want to do the winter anymore. I didn't want to do cold weather anymore. I wanted to get out of there. So the timing was right. I thought I would open up a gym here in Cali, but we never did. Um, for a few reasons, one of them being rent is exponentially higher than anywhere. So, uh, yeah. that hasn't panned out, but, um, but by that point, you know, I, I had been in the gym in the, in the physical gym space for 15 years. I was getting a little burnt out, which people do, you know, typically in our industry when you're on the floor for 12 hours a day. And I was having a lot of success with the online stuff. And I just wanted to try new stuff and push myself, you know. So it wasn't really that hard. It was the right time. Yeah. Now, Jay, one thing I always ask people, I, I take them back to 14 years old. I don't know, it's just a number. But your childhood, I just want to – so now everyone knows where you're at now what you've gone through. Let's take you back to 14 years old. Who was Jay at 14 years old? Uh, I had a high top fade, like, like a kid from kid and play. And it was my hair. Like I have no hair now, but my hair was so thick. I could stick a pick in it. And I had like all kinds of designs shaved in here. And oh, so before, back then, the fade, the lines were in back then. Yeah, exactly. So like I started listening to hip hop in 1984 when I was 10, and no white people listen to hip hop back then. And even when I was 14, very, very few white people listen to hip hop. And it's been the soundtrack of my life every day since. And um, so I had, you know, all the designs in my head. I was just listening to, uh, let's see, when I was 14, that would be 1988, one of the greatest years in hip hop history. So what a great time to ask. So I was listening to Public Enemy. Uh, that was freshman year of high school, so I was in a Public Enemy, uh, uh, NWA all day, that kind of stuff. Uh, I had my pants sagging, I uh, had my hat on sideways, 
Um, you know, I, looking back, like I would have wanted to kick my ass, but that, that's just who I was back then. I was, I was super rebellious, but I was also super angry because my parents had just gotten divorced, which was a long time coming. So they'd just gotten divorced. I just went to a new school where I didn't know anybody. Uh, I you know I was the rebellious kid who listened to hip hop. Now I didn't really fit in. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's who I was back then. Wow, man. And um, were you into sports when you were younger? Were you an athlete or? I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was always obsessed with sports my whole life. I was not the greatest athlete um, by any stretch of the imagination. That was one of the reasons I got into training. I thought it would have helped. Uh, they, you know, if I, if I knew more then, I did it differently, and maybe it would have helped out even more. But yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. Now, mate, have you seen The Last Dance? Surely you've seen it. You're a big fan. How fucking insane is that, man? Now, I love to talk about, like, fitness, nutrition. I love it. But mindset, man. Every, every coaching call I get on, that's what it comes down to, man. Now, how important is mindset, Jay? With your experience yeah, and you're a coach too, man. Yeah, I mean, well, that was the big takeaway from the last dance, right, is, is you have to be, to be at that level. And some people don't want to do that. Some people care too much about what people think of them. Um, so to be super successful in anything – you have to be, you know, you have to have that Michael Jordan mentality of just outworking everybody, motivating everyone around you, pushing everyone. And you have to be okay with not everyone loving you. If you have that Mr. Nice Guy, people pleaser thing, and you always want everyone to love you and you're scared of offending anyone, then that's fine. You might have a great life, but you're probably never going to achieve an ultra high level of success if you're so concerned what people think about you. And if you can't push yourself, I mean, you know, you saw like, Every other guy on the team, and this is the same thing with Kobe, too, same thing with, with peers of, of Arnold or The Rock or somebody. Uh, if you can't push yourself that hard, uh, that often, that relentlessly, then, you know, you're not going to reach the highest level, and people aren't always going to love you. But, and it, here's the thing, though, too. If you're not born with that, it's kind of hard to cultivate that, and you have to go out of your way to be around certain people who can bring that out of you. Be really wary of, of what comes out of your mouth, your language. Uh, surround yourself with the right people. But look, everyone's not – like certain people, that's just in their DNA. And, and, and that's why, you know, I, I have a tough time sometimes with like, should everyone push themselves that hard? Should I push everyone that hard? Because for me, it's in my DNA. It comes naturally. If it doesn't for you, maybe that's okay. You know, like maybe everyone, everyone's different, you know. Um, so I don't know. I have a hard time with that. But – but when, when someone hires me as a coach, I am going to push them. And, you know, I wish I could be as good of a coach as Phil Jackson where and, – and as a coach, you have to be. Where you have to know, okay, Michael's this way. Scotty's this way. He's not quite as driven and motivated. He's a little bit more sensitive. Rodman's this way where he has to go out and party and do his thing. And, you know, that's, that's the ultimate coach. If you can work with everybody's personalities, that's that – you've got to be super gifted and super talented and knowledgeable to do that. I think – if you're not as good as Phil Jackson, which a lot of us aren't, uh, from a business perspective, it kind of just makes sense to work with the people that you like to work with. Because then you don't have to be the master of personalities. Like, you know, everybody's different. I prefer just to work with, like, type A driven people like me. And if you're not, that, that's cool too. But I don't, I, don't, I don't relate as well, so I'm probably not the best coach for you. I saw that early on in one of the clips. He had all, the, all of his um, athletes, his whole team stretching and – doing all this yoga stuff. And I was like, man, they're all doing it. No one's taking the pick. 
Like he had yeah. everyone. Oh, he was so good. Yeah. Man, at the tip of his finger. And even when Dennis Rodman went away and he came back and, man, he gave him that freedom and they gelled and he killed it. It's just to have that trust in your team, in your players. And it just showed at the end when he made, you know, in the last dance when he got everyone together and they all kind of spoke and he got them to he read it. And then down and then burned it in the garbage can. That was amazing. I'm getting yeah. goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, that was crazy, man. And I thought, you know, what a brilliant guy. Yeah. To get that respect out of people. Um, now, Jay, what's the plans for the next... Um, so where do you want to take this, man? The next five, ten years? Where do you see Jay? Because, man, when I see you... I was even speaking to Jason about you, man, when we were in um, San Diego, and I said, man, he's just got this calming sense to him. Like, you know, man, I'll just take life as it is today as it comes. You've got that sense, like, it's not go, go, go. Like, like yeah, you're a hustler, but you, you're just... You're okay with where you're at, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're happy with where you're at. You're... Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I, I would say that, you know, it, it's hard to say where, where the next five, ten years are going to be. I know they're going to be better than the last five or ten years. I know I'm going to continue to push myself. I know I'm going to be aware. Like, just this week, I had a realization of where I'm – maybe letting fear or whatever else it is in my head hold me back in a certain way and I haven't pushed through that. So I've identified it. So now I've got to hold myself accountable and push through that. And I feel like I've come so far, but I'm so far from where I want to be and I want to continue to grow in every single way and I want to continue to push myself in every single way. So, you know, I'll always, I'll always be in the fitness industry doing, you know, I always want to help people get fit and, and train and, that's an obsession of mine. I would love to own another training facility eventually too, but uh, I really love being in front of people and performing and speaking and helping people out. So I want to continue to do events and speak. And um, I don't know exactly what all that looks like, but I just, like I said, I know it's going to be better than the last five to 10 and just, just keep growing. I think that's all anyone could do. I think, you know, if you ever even get satisfied, like for me, it's hard. I think, you know, back to Jordan again, like you celebrate for a little while, but then it's like, all right, What's the next thing? Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. There's got to be something. Um, so, and then, and then finding that balance, right? Where there's some people who are like that, who like, like, I think, I think Michael came across like that in the documentary where a lot of people don't have great things to say about them where you don't, you don't necessarily have great relationships and people don't love you. Like you're just fucking pushing and grinding and, and, and that, that's okay. I'm not quite at that level. Like I really enjoy having great close relationships and having a lot of fun, having a great social life. So, you know, that's the balance is when I'm away from, from my friends and, and people I love, like push super hard, but then be super present. Uh, you know, I keep going back to the last dance, but I remember that was the thing they said about Michael was he was more present than anybody ever, which is what, what, one of the reasons why he was so good. And I forget who the guy was, because like, they were a Chicago reporter or something. But he's like, you know, people spend all this money on on retreats and and going to India and meditating and go doing a yoga to be uh, to be more present. And that's just Michael. He's just always present, focused on what he's doing. So uh, that's what you know. That's what we all try, and that's what I try to do is be be present when I'm working, just focus on that. But when I'm with my friends and having fun, like I want to be the guy who's having the most fun with everybody. Like remember that night we were out at dinner, like. That, that's just, not, like, I'm not trying, like, that's just who I want to be, that's who I am, I'm like, I want everyone to be talking about who's your favorite rapper, and playing stupid games, and laughing, and stuff like that, but then when it's time to work, 
okay, like, don't talk to me. I want to work. I want to go super hard, you know? Yeah. And, and I think your goals kind of change as you go on. Yeah. Because when you were probably running that gym, you were probably just go, 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 man. You know what I mean? And that balance wasn't there. But now you're married, your goals kind of change, don't they? Yep, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, that's why you, I think anytime you go through that, no matter what endeavor you are, like, you just eventually burn out. That's why eventually a lot of fitness people who've been on the floor for 10 to 12 hours a day, they burn out. Michael was dealing with all those stupid questions about his gambling debts and just uh, the insane level of popularity like that no athletes ever experienced. Crazy. He was burned out. That's why he had to retire. Yeah, man. It, you know, a lot of people think he's harsh, but I kind of get it, man, because even when I get a client, I know fitness, nutrition, that's my thing. And then when, they, when they're not compliant, early on I was like, man, how can't you do it? Like I used to get so frustrated and people always ask me, you know, all right, you got a gym, you know, how hard is it running a gym? I'm like, honestly, the hardest bit for me is um, clients not doing what I tell them. But I'm, I'm better now. That's why I kind of get it. Like when Michael said to his teammates at training, he's the ball. If you don't shoot it now, I'm not going to trust you in the game. Yeah. I kind of get that intensity, man, to a certain extent, you know? Yep, definitely. And, and to get where he... To get where he got, man, you, you definitely need that intensity. So, no, it's something I admire. But, um, Jay, mate, we're just going to wrap up here before my session. Just want to thank you for coming on the show, brother. Um, Jay, where can they find you, man? Your blog, Instagram, your podcast. Just quickly recap. Yeah, brother, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um j.fit takes in my main site instagram is uh, at jferugia and then renegade radio podcast easy mate i love your podcast it's awesome keep pumping me out man jay thanks for having me brother yeah um, man. thank you great day and hope to catch up with you soon man hopefully once the travels are back to normal yeah dude all right man thank you let, let me know when, when it's up and I'll, I'll, I'll promote it definitely thanks brother see you man, Hi, man. see you man